he who must not be named. Thank you for joining us. Um, how was your most recent leg of travels, Montfrere? Uh, it was it was fun. Um, I we did a private show for. I'm trying to decide if I'm like allowed to say this or not, but we just we did an just private say show some millionaire time. fuck. <laughs> I've, no, this is billionaire fuck. Um, okay, there you go. Like, <laughs> so I don't. We have. A, I don't want to say who I work for, but they are a fan of the Baltimore Orioles. And this, I was hanging out with the my artist and the guy who paid us to be there, and he was joking around. This is like one of those moments where I realized that like billionaires are on like a completely different planet than the rest of us common folk. Um, of course. He was sitting there joking with uh, with my artist and saying, oh yeah, the Orioles, I had a chance to buy them back in the 98 season, and then I was really close to doing it, and then my wife told me, that means you'd have to go to Baltimore, and then he was like, yeah, you're right, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means you like, have to go to Baltimore. <laughs> the man was talking about buying a sports team like we would talk about buying a Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> oh, that makes my brain hurt. That makes my brain it's, hurt. It's like, nah, it, 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 <laughs> it doesn't come with the Apple CarPlay. I just, I'm going to have to pass on this one. Like, that's what, like, or the rear view camera. Yeah, exactly. And, and junior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like that's one of those moments where you're like, this man is on a different planet. Like 100. not only were we playing on a golf course, we were playing on the golf course that this man owned. He didn't have a membership to the country club. He owned it. Um, that is just a level of money that I'm never gonna understand. Yeah, uh my automatic my my automatic thought when he should not be named to that story was that scene in uh, the original Justice League when Superman's asking Batman, how'd you get the house back from the bank? I bought the bank. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I that mean, is, that, like, that's the kind of like, what that's what you're talking about. That's crazy. That's dope and, shit though. And like this golf course was so nice. It was at the level of Augusta golf course. Like you could not oh just God. walk in and play on this course. You had to have a private membership and you like, even it, it, it was just him and like his billionaire friends having a poker party. And he was like, Hey, let's have this really big name artist come out and play for us. Spectacular. Is, Who won the tournament? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Darius Rucker was in attendance, so uh, Hootie, like, yeah, Hootie was there. He was in the audience. Is he, is he tall? Like, I feel <laughs> like Darius is a big dude. Uh, I really don't remember. I didn't see much of him. I just like somebody pointed it out to me after the show that I was like, "Hey, did you know oh, he was here?" I love Hootie. Absolutely love him. 
Hey Alexa, turn into the Espro TV podcast. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 I just had a brain fart because I actually want your hot take on this. And I've I didn't write it down, but because I wanted to do it fresh. Um, what is your take as somebody who works in the music industry about the fallout about Smash Mouth's frontman? Uh, you know what? I can't comment on it because I have no idea what happened. I just saw he was retiring, and uh, I don't know. I hi, man. Pull that video up. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Okay. So there's a TikTok. Um, that I'll send the two of you. Um, it was a sort of comparable to like what, you know, Bush gardens does for like a beer festival. Okay. Yeah. Like they'll have like a food and wine and, you know, a live band play. All right. He is there, you know, with the band, but he is, you know how I say that we saw the worst Motley Crue show of all time because of, you know, how Vince Neil was just completely fucked up the entire time. So this makes that look like child's play. I'm not even joking. He is so disoriented, so fucked up that, you know, he he could not even perform like at at all. And at one point he even gives the mic to a random woman in the crowd who just is pretending to be a front man saying like, you know, it's her birthday he couldn't even sing all star. Um, he was slurring the words. And then towards the end where he finally comes through, he's uh. making threats towards the crowd <laughs> and like trying to individually tell them all to like, shut the fuck up. I mean, I, Bro, you know, this was at Bethel in New York. That's fucking crazy. Oh, oh that's gosh. great. That is so fantastic. <laughs> It's one of my favorite venues to uh, and Bethel Woods, the Performing Arts Center up there is so beautiful. And it's on the it's on the woods it's on the site of Woodstock. It's really uh, anybody who can make the pilgrimage up there to go see it. It's a great spot. Um, I just want to say that like I can't comment on why he did it or what caused him to do that, but I will just say that like it's. From the me being on the side of it that I am, I see the pressure that these artists are under, um, and it's really hard to go out there and just do this in front of ten, five, ten, twenty x y z thousand people. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure in it. Like I can see it on them. I see it personally every day. Um, the stress that it causes, and uh, part of me, like I'm not. If he made any like rude gestures or racial racial epithets, I definitely don't condone that. But I I am definitely on the first to side with the artist when it comes down to them sure. having to you know, having those breakdowns because it's it's not right. an easy thing to do. No. You know. You know, it's like you've just got a thousand people just sitting there judging you for ninety minutes. It's like it's hard to go do that. And you know, and I I hope people will give him at first some benefit of doubt before we judge him in the court of public opinion. 
There was a lot of stirred controversy around him and the band when they were being pretty open about still holding concerts in the peak of COVID. They, I don't know if you recall, but they were actually one of the first bands to cause a media stir because I don't know if it was Biker Week or just a separate, you know, concert. Okay. Sturge's Bike Week. Yeah. Like the biggest bike rally in the country. Unmasked, unvaccinated people. Just a complete hot spot. Just the entire time. And he was pretty much, you know, also being on a stir about like not caring about the regulations. And it's quite hilarious and ironic for a band that comes out of San Francisco of all places. Yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of artists didn't want to do it. I, you know, I can't, I definitely am not the hugest fan of somebody making that decision, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're all adults who, you know, people who choose to go to these things, it's their right to choose to go to them. You know, if, if you want to go out and was it right of him to host it or anything like that? Probably not. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all adults who can make our own decisions. And if you want to go to a concert in the COVID times when it wasn't the best of the ideas to go do it, that's, that's your prerogative, you know, deep cuts. Deep cuts. Deep cuts deep for cuts. sure. Deep cuts and where to find them on the Estepro TV podcast. <laughs> According to last week's yes. episode. After that, we were uh, we actually got to fly on a private plane. Um, and I got to fly on a private plane for the first time. Um, and this is the same plane that I'm not sure if they own it or if they just lease the same plane, but it's the same plane that KISS travels on. Now, I I would probably have to ask this question then, because if it's what's an, that? If it's an official Kiss plane, is it? It was not painted with the Kiss logo. See, now this is God. This is what the the product of the branding that is still really cool. Though. Of yeah, all the members of Kiss is what makes everything. Of I mean, I get it. You, you're your employer and said crew and you don't want to feel filthy riding around in something that's branded by kiss i mean you know <laughs> well, no, it people, wasn't even that how many that people do you think want to um dig up dime bag daryl just to get him out of a kiss casket um, probably nobody because everybody respects daryl and the fact that he loved kiss like and like the man like you love what your artist likes you know okay that's fine. And <laughs> you know, people are probably happy that he got buried in a kiss casket. I think it's awesome that Dimebag got buried in a kiss casket. They discontinued them after uh he was buried in them. Good. Like, I, I can't, don't know like, why. Nobody can like repeat that. <laughs> but like so I'm a really nervous flyer. Um I'm a really nervous flyer. So like in my head, I'm just thinking of like anything that could go wrong when we, when I get on a plane and like we were carrying a lot of gear with us and I thought we were going to have like an Aaliyah story where like we put too much shit on the plane and make it overweight and it goes down. And, uh, I was telling you about this Maddie earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. 
like we were carrying a bunch of our gear with us and I talked to my production manager and I was like, man, you don't think we're going to like have too much weight on the plane. Do he's like, no, I ma- we mapped it all out with the plant, uh, the pilot and everybody It's It's going to be okay. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Our guitar tech is sitting behind us. And he turns to me and he says, I wouldn't have to worry about too much on this plane because this has to carry the massive weight of Gene's ego. It'll be fine. <laughs> that has to also include somewhat of uh, Paul Stanley's. Like together, yeah, yeah exactly. Us com- compare carry the combined ego of Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Yeah. I think we'd be okay. Yeah, this plane could probably carry a space shuttle. That's that's how they travel via the comics. I mean, it's it's what, a, through a space shuttle. Actually, from what I've seen via Scooby Doo and Kiss, save whatever. <laughs> Kiss saves they, Christmas. Kiss saves Christmas. That's so funny. Um, they, they summon this giant, like, um, guitar that's, you know, a spaceship that travels through time and space. (laughs) Sounds appropriate. (laughs) I, um, I'm still somewhat, I'm still somewhat of a Kiss fan, just not as dedicated as I used to be. Um, what really like keeps me hanging on is obviously the kiss comics, which is, you know, it's, it's pretty out there. You know, they don't just dedicate it to the music. They dedicate it to the characters that they've always had it. Um, if I ever became said billionaire with billionaire money, I would do whatever possible to own the very first kiss comic because just as much as the ego, the blood of the original four members is used in the ink that they drew in, in the first comic that they had. So it's a huge fucking collector's item. That's probably priceless. Um, it's worth 2,800 bucks. Well, I'll be damned. If you were said billionaire, you could literally use that comic book as toilet paper if you wanted to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's mad funny. You know what would be a lot cooler? If um, Kiss actually did some like evil rendition or like, you know, dark shit, like just as any other Halloween theme. You know, you do something with like Space Ace being some sort of invader the demon of Gene Simmons, like trying to conquer earth or whatever. Uh, um, some cosmic bullshit with, uh, Paul Stanley. And then, um, because Peter Chris has the sweetest one with Kitty, I guess we will probably make them the hero of the story. (laughs) I don't know why, you know, when they were all there at the day, deciding the characters, (laughs) Why did Peter Chris choose the cat? Like, for fuck's sakes. I mean, Eric Carr picking the fox was a lot cooler, especially on how that transitioned before his passing. But when Eric Carr died, they retired the fox and went back to the cat. I think they uh, they brought that back uh, just because people wanted to see the original like faces painted. Well, that was the after the tragedy of Lick It Up. Yeah. Watch, watch Lick It Up. You could see how Gene Simmons looks like a pedophile the entire time. I mean, has he ever not looked like a pedophile? It's no wonder the man had to have his face Aww. painted in order to get laid. I mean, come on. That's, 
<laughs> Let's be realistic. I find it funny that there's even a... Um, I, I know that the new Pokemon was a lot of ode to English and like punk lore, but a lot of people argue that the new Zigzagoon evolution is more tribute to Kiss, especially on how the final evolution Obstagoon looks like. It definitely looks like Gene Simmons. And I'll take that to the bank. Well, it's like, didn't... Isn't that why they decided to do the makeup? Was because they knew they were all, like, not the best-looking people and that they would never get picked up by a label? Like, no. the way they did? Gene's whole gimmick was... He, just like Kevin Smith, sold the majority of his comic book collection because he was huge into comic books. And the gimmick was to make their characters like superheroes. And, you know, after the fame and the Kiss, you know, branding, they became comic books. And that's why the Kiss brand is just as big. I mean, like, Kiss Comics is probably the largest, one of the largest things in the brand that is in the music. Because they're still writing those. They got different artists write, uh, doing them all the time. It's fucking cool. Which is why I say like I, it would be cool to see like a Halloween horror rendition. And if it exists, uh, <clears throat> I got to dig hard for it. Because that'd be cool. I mean, if they're still in cool. production of the comic book, I would imagine they're not doing anything. Is the, is the series currently going on right now? Like, are issues being published? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, they've had they're new like, stories. Now. Like, you know, just like everything else. You know, right, and it right, was right. originally Marvel that had them. Um, I That's think crazy. Dark Horse probably picked them up. I know that they had some independence after the whole Disney um, purchase right, of yeah. um, Marvel's rights and such. Can you imagine um, putting Kiss into the MCU? Yeah. I think the entire world will collectively lose their shit. I think they will too. I think they would. I mean, they're from New York, so there it is. Um, speaking of Halloween comics, um, everybody did they did everyone see the new trailers for um, Batman? Yes, it's yes. phenomenal. I actually watched. I watched. I watched DC Fandom live when it was on the other day. I was actually home from work. Right on. Most of it. Yeah. Right on. Um, who must not be named? You are one of our resident Batman diehards. Um, yes. That proof is definitely on the ink on your leg. Um, the more important hard-hitting question, um, I, I know I've read this somewhere. The new movie is based off the comic line year one, Correct. Yes and no. Um, it's um, it's actually, uh, from what I've read, it's actually taking of the time frame of Batman's career that the Long Halloween is set in, like that, like the where Batman is in his career as the Cape Crusader is where the Long Hall like where the Long Halloween was, which the Long Halloween takes place after Year One. The Long Halloween Batman is a Batman who's like. He's got his footing. He's kind of got a grasp on this crime thing, and he's getting the hang of it. And he's pretty solid, but he's still trying to figure some things out. And like that's where this new Batman is supposed to be taking place. It's definitely a younger Batman, but I don't think it's a fully year one Batman. Because there's like, a lot it, of story buildup. 
with what the long Halloween is with a lot of character development for not just Bruce and Batman, but a lot of other villains. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, because in the long Halloween, like you got like, like you got three huge things that came from the long Halloween. You've got like the, the full establishment of, uh, Batman becoming the great detective, because he had never really had to do detective work before Long Halloween. It was just go out at night, beat criminals up, send them to Arkham. Um, then you've got the development of Two-Face, of become, going from Harvey Dent to becoming Two-Face. And then finally you have the transition of the rogues gallery of characters being just mob criminals to becoming full-on supervillains. Right. Right. And... So, like, you're going to see a lot of that development in this movie. Um, from what I was reading, a lot of people, you know, he's going to have anger issues. He's going to have this Robert Pattinson Batman. He's going to have control. He's going to have to learn that. And that's going to be a critical crux of the conflict uh, in this movie as both Bruce Wayne and as Batman. So that'll be really interesting to see, and I'm looking forward to it. So what value does the long Halloween set for not just this movie, but possibly future movies if this is a box office uh, smash? Honestly, I hope not much because uh, Nolan kind of picked apart the long Halloween. Um, he kind of that he did. That he did. I mean, not I'm not saying it's a bad thing. He did a wonderful job with it. Um, but Didn't there's he a, have the Killing Joke eclipse it though, slightly. No, because I think he took a lot. He took a lot more from Long Halloween than he did Killing Joke. The, the, really, what he took from Killing Joke was the premise of like, uh, the idea that one bad day could push any person over the edge, which is what he did with Harvey Dent to mm-hmm. create Two Face. But the process of Two Face becoming who he was like came from the Long Halloween. And also, um, I was just actually just reading it earlier, uh, trying to catch up on it. But like, there's a lot of other elements from Long Halloween that Nolan took from versus what he took from Killing Joke. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's easy to argue that the majority of Batman in film, minus you know the Adam West series. Uh-huh. has had a great deal of inspiration from The Long Halloween. Yeah? I mean, definitely modern Batman. Like, yeah. not, you know, not the stuff that happened in the 90s, but this, what we're seeing, they're, like, they're definitely becoming a lot smarter and taking from source material rather than just trying to invent it themselves. Totally yeah, because Long Halloween that. came out in 1996. It was a... the. The Long Halloween was like not a single graphic novel, but it was a 13-issue series over a year uh, from 1996 to 97 that it was released. And they had like a copy a month. Yeah, pretty much. Because like – so for people who don't know, The Long Halloween is like probably – many consider to be one of the best Batman stories out there. It was actually written by a guy named Jeff Loeb who – that name may sound familiar to anybody who is a – 
Christopher Nolan fan because Commissioner Loeb was the commissioner in the original uh, in the first uh, the in Batman Begins, and that's actually where Nolan got the name from for that character. But anyways, so. It takes place over a year-long time period within the comics, starting in uh, Halloween, um, and follows Batman trying to solve this crime of this person killing everybody on holidays who, with the character named Holiday, and he's trying to figure out, um, you know, who this person is. He he's trying to figure out himself because he's never had to be a detective before this. He's never had to do like this kind of police work. It's always just been a go out and fight people. And in the process, he's working him, Harvey Dent and, uh, captain Gordon. Uh, they come together, right. They come together just like you see in the dark Knight. You know, they come together and they're like, look, the three of us, we're going to pack together. We're going to do this the right way. We're going to, we're going to bend the law, but we're not going to break it uh, to bring this crime down, to bring this killer down. Because what this killer is doing is it's killing people in the uh, Moroni and Falcone crime families. And it's actually escalating a war between the two, which is pouring out into the streets of Gotham. And so basically, you know, they're releasing one issue a month, and so every month there was a new person who died, and then, like, the killer will only kill on holidays. So, like, there was one killing on Thanksgiving, one killing on Halloween, one killing on Christmas, New Year's Day, etc. And so, like, Batman is trying to figure out who is doing this before the next one happens. And throughout that process, we get the development of Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face. We get, uh, you know... The evolution of the rogues gallery you see uh uh you see poison ivy uh solomon grundy the mad hatter the joker uh and the riddler all come into turn and come into play in this comic and see everybody's growth into a fully fledged uh supervillains was there any elements of the long halloween used in the gotham series i don't know i never watched the gotham series Really, I couldn't. I couldn't watch it. It was like it was too hard for me to watch. As like a die, re- like. Go ahead. No, no, no. They they didn't really. They didn't do any of it because it was basically like that story was taking place right after Bruce Wayne's parents are killed. So like it's literally him. Like it's it's like the final seasons when he starts developing like the Batman persona. Right. So I wouldn't say, but it. I- and, I understood that a season was used like to develop each major villain as Bruce is growing up and you're going through every single career stage through Jim Gordon, even as like, but see, like even in that explanation, it's contradictory to like, even in a phrase in the comic books, because there's, you know, he's uh, talking to Falcone and you know Falcone says it's like before you we were just mobsters it was just us there was decency and then you came along and then we've got the jokers a scarecrows all of these crazy crocodiles and stuff like that mm. um which like that's what always bothered me about Gotham was the joker didn't exist until batman so it's like how can we have joker before batman because the Joker exists as an antithesis to Batman and only because of Batman. 
if no, Batman I get was, that. you know, and it always like that's something that bugged me about the Gotham series is because I understand they're trying to explain how these criminals came to be, but those criminals didn't exist until Batman came along. Well, what about Joker that just came out or not came just came out? Like it's a few years old, obviously. The Walking Phoenix Joker. Yes. I, I think that was just kind of like how Rogue One is to Star Wars. It's like just outside of the storylines. It's just a story. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's a good story. It was told very well, but I, to me, I don't, I didn't necessarily straight view that that way. You know what I mean? Like that's just a mm-hmm. telling of how the Joker came to be. It's just one mm-hmm. of the ways. You, there's one of the many stories. Like the Joker himself never has a canon actually beginning. It's never that's, like that's true. DC yeah, that's has true. never said this is actually how the Joker was created, and it's never been official. You know. So that's just Which is like why one of I the, love the multiple adaptations of Joker. I, right. I love and that's why they work because it's like, you know, like which one, which one do you believe? Is it, you know, Heath Ledger's dark Knight Joker? Is it Jack Nicholson's falling into the vat of acne acid? You know, Jared Leto always. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Would, do we even know the fucking origin story for Jared Leto's? I mean, obviously he fell into a. He got his ass kicked in Fortnite a lot, and it made him angry. That 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 one. (laughs) He couldn't win his Fortnite Fortnite matches. Oh, that's so funny! It's absolutely so. Do you think that this series should be, you know, held accordingly for new customs for Halloween nerds everywhere? Like for the ones who don't know what the long Halloween is, they should definitely have this on the shelf and probably, you know, crack it down once in a while. Absolutely. Um, I think it's like a very pivotal story um, uh, to the Batman universe that, and uh, the, the dark Knight comic or the dark Knight returns um, are like two of the biggest for me personally. And when you read them, you can see the influences that Nolan took, um, in his, in his Batman universe, he definitely right. picked a lot of his story elements from those, those, that, those two comics, as well as the killing joke. The killing joke is actually another one that every person should read to, uh, because it explains how, um, we've got how Batgirl and Barbara Gordon came to be the characters that they are today and really goes into the depravity of the Joker. Um, so I think those three, the long Halloween, uh, the dark Knight returns and, uh, uh, long Halloween are like the three pivotal comics you should read as Batman fans. If a lot of people who are planning on to see the new Batman go and see it and don't get a lot of the detail, then you probably would highly recommend reading this one to understand how everything's going to, you know, fall into place according to this timeline. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, you're good. I think it'll help you understand like, because like in the long Halloween comic series, like Batman's like, he's learning about as much as himself as he is about this crime. And, trying to figure out who he is and what he wants as uh as as a crime fighter you know is like he's learning that there's more than just beating up thugs on the street and there's 
stuff that he has to grow and accept and become better at if he wants to be the best that he can be. Right. Right. And if anybody, if anybody doesn't feel like watching it, if you have HBO max, um, there's two, uh, DC animated movies. Um, they split it up, uh, the long Halloween part one and two. Um, they're both on HBO max with, uh, Jensen Ackles actually, um, portraying the role of Batman. It's animated. Yeah. It's an animated movie. It's really good. Uh, I've got to definitely dive into that one. Um, I would think that you're either a reserving yourself of excitement of what's happening in 24 hours or B you're just still upset from what happened last week of time of record. I am upset of what happened last night, last week of time of record. I'm very upset that the Rays are no longer in the MLB playoffs. Fuck the Red Sox, fuck the Astros. And I hope the Dodgers can pull their heads out of their asses and end up winning the world series again. Um, but yes, I'm very excited. NBA season starts tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to it. Me and the guitarist, uh, my guitarist, were talking about this, and now that the Giants are out of it and the Rays are out, there's just really no team that I care to watch in the in it this year. There really isn't. Like, what's my next best option? Am I going to cheer for the Braves? Like, come on. The one MLB meme that popped up today that I had to share where it says the teams left in their logos and it actually spells blah, blah. Yeah. I've blah. seen that. And I was like, that's exactly how I feel about the teams left. Like I just maybe maybe the Dodgers can finally pull it together or wait, didn't they, they did win last year. Didn't they? They did. They, yeah. No, fuck it. Uh, the yeah. Let's um, yeah, they did uh, win last year. Never mind. But like, even then, like I just, I don't care. I don't care about these teams that are left. As of right now, everybody's rooting for the Braves, I think. <laughs> Dude, watching the ALCS is actually painful. Like I, I the disdain I have for both those organizations is unbelievable. I mean, I have to watch yeah. partially some of Somebody it. Asked. But, you know, it, it is disappointing. No, I mean, I'm watching it because I'm, it's playoff baseball. It's the pennant, yeah. but I'm not happy about it. I know you're not. I just – can we talk about the – like? how baseball has like the best playoff format of any professional sports in the country. You want to um, elaborate on that a bit? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who definitely would argue that, especially well, like, with like new formats and shit. Well, like, Hey, the amount of teams who can get in are so few. I mean, yes. how many are, it's how, how many total teams can get in? I don't remember off the top of my head Four, including wildcard games. Uh, so then five. Eight. Four from... Right, it's it's five right. for each league. So ten teams total from five the MLB can get into the playoffs. Like, to me, that like yeah. that sets a bar. That means you have to be in the top third of your competition to be even considered for fighting for a championship. That's correct. Like, as, I agree with that 100%. As compared to hockey and basketball, where it's... 16 teams get into the playoffs. That's like from the get go. Uh, statistically speaking, you have a 50% chance of making the playoffs every year. Right. Like, you know, like that's, that's kind of stupid. And let's talk. It is. And the, like, go ahead. No, a lot of the first round series in basketball, you're hundred percent right there. There is no, there is no intensity. There's no, 
there's you can count on one hand how many times I think I think I don't think an eight seed's ever beaten a one seed. And that's maybe one. That's the other ridiculously dumb thing about basketball is I hate that the eight seed plays the one seed last year. I think that is so stupid. It's like, oh, cool. Let's give the best one of the two best teams in basketball essentially a bye week. You know, basically, it's like, yeah. I mean, people have been saying it for years that you should take the top 16 teams from the league, from, from the league, but even I think 16 is too much. Why can't you just do the top eight teams from every, that's top, too many West purists that just say like, Oh, it's what? too many West purists. It's not that I'm balanced anymore. It's not that it's not that I'm balanced anymore. You can't No, I'd see, but that's the thing teams. though. The fact that LeBron moved from East to West did shift the power. That is correct. But a lot of the same stars that were originally in the West went to the East, and that's what happened there. Yeah. Everybody fell like, into place well, in their like, own way, though. But, like, hockey and basketball both suffer from this to where the playoffs are just too damn long. Yeah. It's like, what, almost mm-hmm. two months of playoffs? Almost. Like, basically, yeah. Like, that's just, like, I get. Uh, like I just get bored, like desensitized to it. And it's like, you know, the playoffs will just start, and then I'm like, oh, they're still going. Like they haven't decided it yet. Which is you why know? I only like, tune yeah. in for the conference finals and you know the finals. At that well, rate. that's like in like yeah. that's exactly what they're making fun of in basketball when they're like, oh, the playoffs last eighteen months. Like that was the they do. It's true. Like that's what they were making fun of. It's like why baseball does it so perfectly it's like you've got a like you've got your first wild card like and that's just a single game then yep. you've got your division which is five game series mm-hmm. the championships world mm-hmm. series done mm-hmm. yeah and it's like it's great. so it's beautiful exactly it is so concentrated and like and it's like literally it feels like every single game is so important yes because of how tight and condensed it is yes but like, Absolutely. you know, I love the lightning to death, I but don't understand. fucking watching them in the playoffs, it's like, oh, it's a long process. Yeah. No, I get it. It's like, I've got to, it's a slog and you can almost understand, you can almost understand in hockey why they give those guys day breaks in between games because the game is so physical, uh-huh. but like basketball, why aren't you playing back to backs? Well, shit, they play like, back to backs in hockey. Le- LeBron, LeBron even, uh, you know. In the playoffs, though, I mean, they do. I thought they do back to backs in uh, the playoffs. Like you do your first two back to back at one team's stadium, then you take it like the break, then you go do the next two, and then it goes to alternating days. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I thought it's there's not there's not one there's not a day break in between for hockey. There is. It's there's at least there's at least a travel day, one. And two, but that's no. But in hockey, you play the first two at the you know better record team, your home home team, right. the better record team, mm-hmm. right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, yes that. But I mean, like in playing like back to back nights, like how they do like in the ALCS, like not 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 the the ALDS and the NLDS, like playing in consecutive nights, like playing on a Monday and then a Tuesday instead of playing Monday, take a day off on Tuesday and then play on Wednesday. No, they're you know, fucked up. Hardest TV ratings. That's what they are fucking gambling. Oh yeah, about. of course. Because they don't want to compete. Oh with yeah, and that's the other thing too is that we're talking, we're talking about these two long, exhausting sports in their playoff history and their playoff systems, and they both go on at the same time. Exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, we don't have to tell to explain which demographics they're catering to, you know, or what. well, that's a whole other, that's a whole other discussion podcast episode to yeah. begin with, but we said that too I, much here. <laughs> um, I was talking to one of my coworkers and he, he played in the, uh, he played for in the AHL, like as a goalie in the, uh, Kings minor league system. Right. And even like, he has nothing to do with baseball. Like, and our whole, as I've told you, Maddie, our whole crew loves baseball. They're obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, he loathes baseball. He hates it. But even he agreed with me. He was like, yeah, the hockey playoff format is just way too long and it's way too much. That's fucking hilarious that, that he agrees with it. Like, that's the only basketball thing. Basketball is the same about. way, though. It, basketball is the same way. I'm just more familiar with hockey than I am basketball. Doesn't basketball would probably benefit if they shortened their series of each round and only made the the conference and the finals. Yeah, seven. I think the first round, the first round series used to be five. The first round, I think the first and the second round used to both be five game series. And then the what they should do the is like were seven. make the first round like a best yeah. of three, and then do a best of five, and then finally a best of seven. Yeah, I think that's the. I agree, hundred percent. But again, that. Com- that comes down to TV ratings. Yeah, though. I know. The more games these guys play, the more eyes they have. Well, and the more money they make off of it, the more airtime that they have on TV. So, yep. So TV money. As we're getting ready for the next basketball season, I have a few hard hitting questions to ask you that are the off season headlines that are definitely going to transition to twenty twenty one season. For the NBA. Now, first things first, do you have the time or the patience to resurrect I the mean, basketball fantasy league? I fucked okay. up. <laughs> I, I fucked up. I had a very busy weekend and I ne- did not get a chance to set up the fantasy league. Daryl, I'm sorry. <laughs> You you could you could tell him you. when he comes on the show in a few weeks, so you could you could Wonderful. explain that to him. So that we're we're too focused Fantastic. on football in the first place. Um, we could get to that if we this have time. True. First question that I want to uh, have to put on you, okay? Ben Simmons yep. will be playing basketball at blank team. This season, as of today, he's playing for the Philadelphia 76ers As his ass was at practice, I did see that for the first time this whole season. This whole preseason mm-hmm. is the first time he actually reported to a team practice. Mm-hmm. The issue is the way that Philly and he especially handled this is his trade value is now basically dog shit. Oh yeah, because. He ba- he basically said, "I'm not playing with Joel Embiid, and I'm not playing at all until you trade me." And then when Philly went to go trade him as a former, you know, number one overall pick, they realized they couldn't get what they thought they could. Hell no! And besides that, now he's now he's in the media constantly looking like he's an issue on a team, which, to be in all fairness, he has been. I mean, his coach and the other All Star on his team trashed him after their last playoff series and basically blamed it on him. It wasn't just 
like after the series. It was all postseason long. Like right after the finals of like Joel I felt like we had more attention about what Joel Embiid was saying over, you know, the Bucks and their first title win in, you know, fifty plus years. What's what's crazy is what's crazy is I looked up a bunch of like preseason like outlook like articles and videos over the weekend. Mm. And the two dominating stories coming into this postseason are the Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving Chronicles. And it, it's it's exactly like what you said. Why are we not celebrating the fact that the Bucks won a championship for the first time in 50 years? The Lakers completely changed their roster. The Warriors are healthy. Miami made a bunch of big moves. You know, what's going to happen with, you know, the Bucks? Are they going to be able to repeat? It's it's dominated by two players who are basically pulling all the attention onto themselves for X Y Z. So that's another question that you know. I had. Kyrie Irving will continue to be a problem for the Brooklyn Nets with his off court activity. True or false? True until he gets vaccinated. It's not just the vaccinated part. Like you know, la- it is the vaccine. Last let's, last let's, year, let's, he said he wanted to be a activist and, and do more for his community. Nothing against that at all whatsoever, but he wasn't the only athlete that was doing that. Right? No, that's true. That is true. But however, there are four cities where there are basketball stadiums, where if you want to play in a professional basketball game, you have to be vaccinated. No if, ands, or but about it. And those are where the Warriors play, where the Kings play, Madison Square Garden and the Barclays. Chicago Center. has a demand in it too. If you want to play in so. the, the the Chicago the, the 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 majority of the other stadiums have vaccine mandates, but can also be allowed to play with a recent COVID test okay. that obviously comes back right. negative. New York, both the teams in New York, San Francisco, and Sacramento, you have to be vaccinated. There is no if ands or buts about it. And LA. So right, basically, and what, LA too, right? This is I don't think I don't think LA is 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 one of them. I might be incorrect. It might be five. So, okay. but I know those four for sure. Ba- so basically, that's the issue is, and everybody's saying trade Kyrie when the Nets say they didn't extend him. If they trade him, his trade value is also dog shit because if whoever picks him up, right? Let's the Clippers pick him up. Huge let's, risk. Let's just say right. He can't play in those cities. No. So let's say whatever team he goes to plays Brooklyn in the in the playoffs, in the Eastern Conference playoffs or in the NBA Finals. He can't play in those games. Is this going to so, impact anything like in his career? Do you think like he retires? He he might. He might. He went on his on his, on on Instagram Live or whatever, and said he's not going to retire. That he's going to figure it out. But I it, that's. I mean, I don't really know what you would do in that situation. Okay. You got to figure it out. Next question. Could he? Could he retire? Sure. I think that's a stupid move. But the Golden State Warriors will blank this season, and your choices are flop, 
or return to dominance? Mm, I don't know if return to dominance is what I would what the terminology I would use. I would say they Golden State Warriors definitely make the playoffs. You sure. don't think that with a full healthy team plus the retooling that they have backed themselves up with, they're not going to be a dominant force in the West once again. James Wiseman is coming into the series, into the season, injured. Clay Thompson still has no timetable for when he's going to be back, but he's going to play this. I game. thought he was playing preseason games because he was no. practicing. He was pra- he's been right. practicing, but he hasn't played in preseason. Hmm. Um, I think the Clippers not having Kawhi for most of the season is going to let leave open a hole for Golden State. But there are still a lot of very good teams out west. The Lakers, the Mavericks. There are Are the Mavericks really real or are they still choke good. Come on. We're I mean we're gonna see. I mean they beat the Charlotte Hornets by sixty eight points. And it's a preseason game, game, but it's still sixty eight points and Bro, it's sixty-eight points in a professional game. That's the Charlotte Hornets don't have any professionals. Minus Kemba. That's true. No, Kemba's not there anymore. Fuck. Kemba's yeah, that's York. right. <laughs> Keep forgetting that. Um. Anyway. No, didn't they? Ju- didn't Kemba just get traded to OKC? Yes, and then OKC released him in the next. Pick- wow. OKC bought him out. That's fucked. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. It's kind of a hand and glove fit, though. Kemba's a Yukon guy, so him playing in the garden, it's like he's pretty used to it. I have my doubts with anyway, the Lakers once more. Let's be, because my last question. My other question to you is go ahead. LeBron James will suffer his first major career injury. True or false? I mean, I can't see into the future. I would hope not. I mean, I would hope he could play the whole season and, you know, make it through. That's to be determined. I think they're def- he's definitely going to play less minutes. Let's shine some which light. Is why on you bring in a guy right. like Russell Westbrook in who can run the right. offense? We it is no stranger to see that Braun has even played less and less minutes ever since he got to the Lake Show. And ever since he has, continues to attract more talent around him, Father Time waits for no one, as we know. But we know not everyone's Tom Brady either. All right. The the point is, this is right around the age where something more inevitable for a star of his caliber is right around the corner of potentially happening and we know we've never seen it on his end it was the other mind boggling thing that we saw with kobe bryant when he ruptured his achilles we never saw him come back to dominance the same way that he did um, after that injury like if we take into the consideration of lebron having a freak injury and I don't wish this upon him at all. Do you really think the legend of LeBron would be in jeopardy if that happens, especially for his age? 
I don't think so. I mean, <clears throat> the other thing is, too, is he's gone this long without having a really severe injury, which I think tells you something when he's playing in his 18th, you know, his 18th NBA season, whatever is it, 19th. He's now season. more careful than he is at, at, at all in his career, which is exactly points to the evidence of him I mean, monitoring his minutes. And also him monitoring his minutes, but if you watch, like when he played in Miami with Dwayne Wade and when he was in Cleveland the first time, I mean, they were running up and down the court. It was full, full court offense the entire time. As he's gotten older, the second stint in Cleveland, when he got to LA, you see a lot more and more like half court kind of stuff going on. But listen, I don't think his legacy is going to be tarnished. He won a, won a championship for three different organizations. You know what? You know so what legacy is tarnished. Space jams. What? That's what's legacy is tarnished. Thanks, LeBron. You're still mad about this, aren't you? You're still you're still upset about this. What did this. we all be? Tell me I'm wrong. Do you want to talk no. about it? I mean, honestly, like I don't think you're wrong. Rather, not even about like the which one was the better one. I didn't really care for the sequel, space the new Space Jam as a movie in general. I got bored. And I get that. Like, I got bored during that movie. It it it's just so poorly written that it it just it doesn't hold its value like the original. And it's maybe not it's to be one of those memorable. things that like no, that movie was obviously not made for me, a twenty eight year old white man sitting on a plane, cross country flight to be watching that. It wasn't yeah. made for me, but. Uh, I just didn't care for it. It did not hold my attention. Like, and it's not even a fact of like, oh, LeBron versus MJ or old school Looney Tunes versus new school. It's none of that. It's just I just it was not that great of a movie. I agree. I agree. I liked you know laughing my ass off the first time around, and it was worth at least one watch. When I tried doing yeah. like a compare and contrast of like you know watching the first one and the second one, I just, I, I had a hard time watching it the second time around. <laughs> like I really did that. That's for damn sure. Uh, TV very last question and be honest because I, I don't want to just hand it to Brooklyn or LA who wins the NBA finals this year. One quick thing. If Brooklyn doesn't have Kyrie Irving, I'm not guaranteeing they make it out of the East. I'm just saying. James Harden and Kevin Durant's a great base for your team, but when you compare that team bench depth to some of the other teams in the East and especially the teams in the West, I think the Lakers beat the Nets if the Nets don't have Kyrie Irving. If they have Kyrie Irving, it's a tough series. Six, seven-game series easily. But I'm not sold on either Lakers or Nets getting out of their respective conferences. I think it still could be very, I think it's obviously way too early to tell. And uh, there's still a lot of question marks. You know, like I said, Ben Simmons and the Kyrie Irving drama sagas. Um, the Suns aren't going to guarantee they're going to keep DeAndre Ayton. So there's still a lot of shit that could happen. That's wild that they won't keep him. Um, because I really he think wants more, he wants more. Why money. not? I, I, listen to me. Uh, after the way that guy performed in the finals, you have to max him out. But that yeah, is me. 
No, I agree. I, I, I definitely agree. Um, I wouldn't sleep on the Suns at all. Um, I would not sleep on your Chicago Bulls either. In Eastern Conference. I'm not because, listen, I was reading more reports that saying, like, don't get hasty. They are a potential playoff contender, even if it looks like they're a year out of it. However, they could be one of those teams that just get hot at the right time and surprise a shitload of people, especially with the chemistry that they have. I think I think they make the playoffs this year, and I think, yeah, in a year's time, they could absolutely be knocking on the door of an Eastern, champion, of an Eastern Conference championship for sure. It's possible. It's definitely possible. And if they take advantage, just like any other team who is, you know, injury – lingering or just you know was falling apart at the worst time possible they could be one of those teams you know to act like a vulture at that point so i think i think it's going to be an exciting season for um for bulls fans um i know i'm going to tune into other major matchups hopefully for the first time i could watch a Christmas Bulls match without, you know, thinking they're going to lose the goddamn game. They haven't even been on Christmas Day in like four or five years, which is, you know, something that I find yeah. unacceptable because I like watching my Christmas basketball and then I love I watching Boxing Day. You... What? Yeah. What was that? I never understand how they, I never understand. I never understand how the only bad team that ever plays on Christmas Day is the New York Knicks consistently. Money, baby. Money. It doesn't make sense. M- MSG for Christmas. Yeah, that too. Absolutely. That too. True that. We've been rolling for quite a damn while. And um, we haven't done this in a while. Because uh, I know we all have the munchies. So it is spooky season. And we were trying to keep the themes alive here. Little by little. Um with the holiday right around the corner, you may uh, have some kids knocking at your door. You may be escorting some kids yourself. You may be a kid listening to this podcast for I don't know what reason, and I need to question your parents' uh, parenting skills. But if you are smart enough to dissect us, I want to know what you think is going to be the top candy bar that you are going to reach into your bag and probably eat all of before the rest of your candy. So I'm going to incline the question to everyone here. We will start with our guest first. He must not be named. Do you have your top five candy bars you want to reach into your bag this Halloween season? Yes, I have one that actually, it actually isn't a candy bar. Like in in a non- consequential order like no you know these are all in my top fives i couldn't pick one as number one or two or three but sure uh i'm gonna go with snickers classic classic absolutely Uh, classic. the the twix um probably a little controversial here but i'm uh i'm a huge fan of butterfingers you're just hitting Uh, hard with all the peanut butter ones like classic butter, shit. Me too. Not a huge fan of Reese's though. Me too. Wow, really? Like, like they're they're a little rich for me. They're a little too rich for me. Like I'm, um, and then uh, regular M and M's. Not okay. Like I love the pretzel and the peanut. I but, love peanut uh, M and M's. 
there's just something about the way the classic M&M just hits. Okay. Especially when you get them in like the bag's a little chilly and it's kind of cold. Right. Um, and then finally, I'm actually my fifth choice isn't a chocolate bar per se, but um, it is candy, and it kind of okay. is representative of all of these style of candies, yeah. um, which are dots. So like your Mike and Ike's, gumdrops, uh, Jujubes, yeah, gumdrops, okay. yeah, like all of those candies, like that. So we got Snickers, Twix, Butterfinger, M Ms, and and uh, dots. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's a good one. You've got, um, you got two, actually, no, you have one on my list for sure. Um, but interesting, interesting TV, same question. What is your top candy bars that you want to reach in the bag and definitely open up and eat this Halloween season? So again, nope, no particular order. Right. He was not be named. Had a few of mine actually, for sure. So definitely Snickers. Yeah, hundred without a 100. doubt. Reese's cups, always. I not a chocolate bar, but whatever. A crunch bar is one of my all time favorites. Ooh, all time favorite. Yeah. Crunch bars are good. Can't go wrong with yeah. that. No. Can't go wrong with a crunch bar. Um. Damn. Honestly, like just in, for spooky season in general, I'm a huge like. I know this isn't chocolate, but I love candy corn. So if I got if I have that, I'm going for it off the rip right away. Um Oh, candy corn. Oh shit. Really? Oh, there's uh there's there's, there's some, some controversy, controversy right, right there. there. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh I mean I don't you're not you're I not say? wrong. Um you know what's funny? <laughs> I don't know why, like, we grew up with, like, the pumpkin candies. Like, it was, like, almost by the same manufacturer, but, like, yeah. they were more obnoxiously, um, you know, big. Just concentrated orange sugar. That's all those were. Oh, God. Just big old, like, thing yeah. of sugar that you just bite into. You know what they actually tasted like was when you get like a just when you you know when you get a cake and it sits in your fridge for like three days and then you go and eat the frosting it's a little crunchy yeah like that's exactly what those pumpkins taste like yeah it was a little disappointing there yes um and you know what you know what I was gonna I my number five five one I I had honestly forgotten about this. Mm-hmm. Candy altogether until he was not being named. Just said it, bro. I love Butterfingers. Butterfingers are good. Fucking one of my all-time favorites. I love the BBs. For some they get a lot of hate. They get a lot of hate. I don't understand it. Do you guys remember the BBs? With um, they they had huge advertising with the Simpsons, especially with Bart. It was the round ones, and they were huge when like we we yeah. were kids and we went to the movies. Like those were, I knew those were the big ones. Um, I love Butterfinger. Who hates on the Butterfinger? That's what I want to know, dude. I've brought it up to a couple people a couple times, and they think they're gross, and I think they're wrong. Those people are gross, and they are wrong. Yeah, Butterfingers are dope. I love peanut butter and my goddamn candy. Speaking of the Crunch Bar, do you guys remember peanut butter and chocolate is undefeated? Speaking of the Crunch Bar, do you guys remember when Shaq endorsed it, like back in the nineties? And like they put his picture on like all of their candy bars. I remember this, and this was the most horrifying thing on the planet. 
it, it was like, it, disturbing. That's that's what came to my mind when uh, TV mentioned it. Was <laughs> was thinking, oh yeah, you guys remember when Shaq did that? Too funny. Shaq is in TV's top five players of all time, so I would think there was one inspiration behind it. It has to be. Oh no, hundred percent. And I just love Crunch Bars. It's seriously one of my all time favorite candies. I see your Crunch uh-huh. Bar, and I raise you a hundred grand. Because that one's on my list. Y'all have that one, the rice, okay. the rice chocolate with caramel. Yep, I, yep. I, I I got you with the hundred grand. I see you. I, I see got you. some oddballs on mine. Uh, number one is Reese's. Um, I love Reese's year round. Um, you know, I love it when it's I'm for sure. Easter, and I even love it more for um, Halloween. Um, They're really good frozen. Yes, they are. Yes. They are fantastic yes. Absolutely. Talk to the people. I may go get just a uh, Reese's, you know, Blizzard or uh, milkshake from Sonic after this. Um, here's one that's going to make me seem old as well. Um, I am a huge fan of Heath bars because of my father. Those are absolutely delicious. I got to tell you, before I put the Butterfinger up there, Babe Ruth was going to be on my list. And so was Payday for me because of the same thing with my father. Baby Ruths or Paydays. Word. Same thing. Yep. Um, Yep. Three Musketeers because of, you know, the marshmallow in it. I love caramel. A lot of these have caramel in it, minus the Reese's. Um, I'm huge into caramel. Uh, but the fluffy like mousse marshmallow that uh, Musketeers uses, I don't know how they do it. It's it's delicious. And then um, I wrapped it up with Snickers. Um, some honorable mentions that I know has some awesome Halloween variety. Definitely Tootsie Roll because you also get the yep. fruit ones that are in there. And... Um, he must not be named mentioned uh, Mike and Ike's and dots. Those are definitely some heavy hitter ones. Um, and because it's a good resemblance for drugs, fun dip from Wonka world. <laughs> almond joys. Right I there. love almond have joy. You ever, have you guys ever had the uh, Wonka like jelly beans that they release around Easter? Yeah. No. Basically filled like they're coated in the stuff that nerds are coated in. Yeah. And they're filled like with the texture of the nerds rope. Yeah. And they are, and they're in the shape of eggs and like, they only sell them around Easter time and they are the best. Like they're never had them. I've never, they're so good when they come out next year, you have to get them. Like I wish they were a year round candy because they're so good. You guys remember how hard in the paint that like Wonka candy like advertised when we were kids and it's just oh, like yeah. now it's just disappeared off the face of the planet like they it's had crazy. great candy i mean they still have gobstoppers they're just like you know any mini jawbreaker okay nerds still exist nerd group is there the wonka chocolate donut was one of the best things they ever had Laffy Taffy is still an all-time favorite of mine. 
Uh, um, sweet tarts, right? Sweet, Aren't those a Wonka candy? Tarts. I don't know if sweet tarts is them because um, that they had their own soda pop, like you know. Um, yeah, toppers, sweet tarts are like considered it. a Wonka candy. Really? Okay. Yes. You have a list up? You found one? Yeah, uh, yeah I found one. Um, they had Wonka bars the, when they were advertising Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. So bottle caps, everlasting gobstoppers, Laffy mm-hmm. Taffy, Nerds, Nerds Gumballs, Nerds yeah, Ropes, those, yeah. Pixie Sticks, Runts. Mm-hmm. You, you remember Runts? I love Runts. Runts. Uh, Spree, Chewy Sweet Tarts. Um, yeah, and then the Wonka Bar. The donut was awesome. And I just, like, it was between that advertising, which had trippy cartoons, and then the annoying Wonder Ball, like, you know, jingle that had, you know, Disney and Pokemon and Nicktoons and everything else. I mean, the Wonder Ball was cool. It was basically the only thing that was rivaling Cracker Jacks at the time, where it's just like, you know, have a chalk candy and a uh, chocolate ball, and here's your prize at the same time. So, I don't know, man. I just I want to go buy a mess load of fucking Halloween candy and not give any to kids. I was about to, <laughs> I was about to, right, I was about to say, right? Kid knocks on your door. Fuck no, off. Go away. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Oh, only only shit. kids who are dressed as Pokemon characters get candy. That's it. That's or, it. Or, anim- or, or anime trainers. characters. Yes. If you're dressed as Monkey D. Luffy, you can get candy. If not, get away All from Naruto. <laughs> All, you know, Dragon Ball Z. I know there's parents out there dressing up their kids that way. It's got to happen. He must not be named. What are you dressing Chalupa Batman as? Uh, actually, I uh, decided not to take part in his costume decision this year because I was expecting to be gone. Um, for Halloween this year, so I oh. let uh, my old lady take care of it. But she's actually dressing him up as uh, Peter Pan. Lame. Nice. Um, and, but <laughs> but she like there. Uh, she's gonna be Wendy. He's gonna be Peter Pan. Her best friend is gonna be Captain Hook. Um, like it's a, like she always likes to do group costumes with him. So right. last year we were I was Batman, he was Robin, and then she was Catwoman. So. That makes sense for baby's first that Halloween. Makes sense. Which yeah, that made a lot of it. sense. Uh, <clears throat> he must not be named. We do appreciate you coming back after uh, a while. It was great to have you back on the show. Um, even more so, thankful for you to fill in at such short notice. So um, we do appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thank you. Um, I had nothing else going on. Um, I was happy to come and hang out with you guys again. It's like old times. It was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, you're you're still part of the family. Still part of the crew. You know, Theo's Dominic Torero, and I'm uh, the corpse of Paul Walker, or of the fuck his character's name is. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to stay in spooky that got season. Dark really quick. Just want to stay in spooky season. TV, take us home. There's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing to be scared of when you have family. <laughs> Anything is possible with the family. <laughs> Anything is possible. Everybody.
Thank you all again for listening to episode 44 of SRO TV podcast. Again, I'm sorry I wasn't here last week. I was crying about the Rays losing, but it is what it is. You got to take care of it. Once again, thank you to he who shall not be named for filling in uh, last minute. And like SRO said, you're part of the crew, part of the family, and you're welcome whenever you want. Um, go follow the socials at SRO TV pod on Instagram at ETV underscore pod on Twitter. That's a bro. Let's do that hockey. We're going to be doing that hockey um, as soon as a, you know Bud Light's number one new mascot gets back on the ice. We'll definitely be watching uh, the Bolts a lot more. Um, can't really say that I'm going to be staying uh, paying attention to the Blackhawks because they're not bouncing back anytime soon. Um, it's still early and, you know, whatever. Um, I don't feel in the hockey mood until it gets cold, cold, or until I actually go to a game. So that's one of the two. Um, this uh, whole month of doing consecutive streaks with guests on, uh, despite either being featured players or you know former guests, um, has been quite interesting. We're definitely going to go for uh, four in a row to make sure that we hit it for every single week for spooky season. In October, um, we got a whole mess of things to be hyped for, especially as we get close to the anniversary of when the podcast first dropped in November. So it's definitely going to be very, very exciting stuff to um, celebrate. My name has been Maddie. Thank you, He Must Not Be Named. Thank you, TV. And thank you, all you beautiful people. We will see y'all next week. The other night when we were in Scottsdale and that movie uh-huh. still fucking holds up. Like it came out in like what, 2000, 2002, something like that. 2005. Yeah. That movie is still. I remember being, I remember being a freshman. Really? It was 04. Yeah. It was 2004. I remember, I remember being a freshman no, it was the summer of eighth grade when we bought that film. And you know what's funny? My parents thought nothing of it. And I saw it like in one of the Walmart bins. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I pointed out to my mom, it's like, Mom, it's Will Ferrell. You love Will Ferrell. We love SNL. She's like, Okay. <laughs> my mother was dying of laughter our first watch through of that. It was and it's it's a family favorite for sure, for sure. My dad loved it. Yeah, dude, that movie still like <clears throat> every moment of that movie is still fucking hilarious. Like even in like the woke twenty twenty one generation, it's like the like making fun of the sexism of the seventies and shit like that is hilarious. That's why I love the sequel because it makes fun of all of that even further and just yeah. even pushes that fucking um boundary little by little it just sucks you can never make like another one
Like that's like a, that's, that's not a series you could bring back again. I mean, it kind of has. Let's, He's got his podcast. Let's, let's let's argue. No, he hasn't even done another season. He did one season of that. No, but still, he hasn't he done did like, an additional season. Yeah, he did. I count that and as bringing I, it back. I, they even had Brockmire do the same thing, but like he only had a handful of episodes, which is weird. Um, where the fuck was I going with this? <laughs> Yeah, that's my train of thought. Um, oh, okay. So here's the thing: it's supposed to be of parody of Walter Cronkite and um, Robert Walters, right? And we can never probably get a loose parody like that, like ever again. Just like how Austin Powers is all parody to James Bond, mm-hmm. and I mean. Is there, listen, is there anybody out there, even on the English level, that could probably match a parody for James Bond? Well, I mean, the, yeah, go ahead. The Austin Powers movies is why we got like Daniel Craig's James Bond the way it is. Because like when he signed up for that movie, he told those creators of the series, he's like, he showed him Austin Powers and it's like, we can never do this again. Like, we have to like <laughs> tighten up our ship and like show like the seriousness of this character because nobody will ever uh-huh. enjoy this or take this seriously again after those Austin Powers right. movies. And he was totally right. Like, absolutely, you can't have a man throwing a shoe at another man and expect us to take it seriously. Honestly, honestly, I was. Um, I'm not going to say today years old. A couple months back, Mandy had to point it out to me. Cause I love the fucking movie just as much as uh, Anchorman. I didn't know that the chest hair was supposed to represent a penis. I did not what? know. That. <laughs> yeah. Look, look at Austin powers. Um, like shirtless or anytime he gets naked, his chest hair looks like a penis. Now I have to go back and rewatch this movie and find out. I'll find the video. I'll find the video that I save from TikTok and I post it on my uh, <laughs> timeline. And it's like, what is one quote from a movie that's t- like absolutely resonates you despite it being like, you know, funny. And it's the scene where he wakes up um, and he's addressing everybody after being frozen. And he goes like, this is the Americans and this is Russian intelligence. It's like Russian intelligence. Are you mad? And he goes like, Austin, the Cold War is over. We won. Well, finally, those capitalist pigs are going to pay. Hey, comrades. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, oh we won. Right oh, smashing, baby. <laughs> Yay, capitalism. <laughs> Yay, capitalism. Oh, my God. <laughs>